Well, there's no mystery, Keith, on who is going to be buying those Cox Florida stations anymore. We'll talk about that. Is Odyssey being audacious with the CBS news stations? Now, there's a clever play. Huh? I like that. Odyssey being Ooh, audacious. Yeah, yeah. What else would you do with $6.5 million instead of buying a 30 on the Super Bowl? Okay, the list is long, and we'll go over it. Hey, good morning. Uh, we're back with another edition of Media Insultant, our opinions, comments, and ideas. I'm Jackson Weaver in Seattle, Washington, and in lovely, sunny Southern California, just recovering from the Super Bowl, is my good friend and co-host, Keith Samuels. We do this each Tuesday and Thursday, so today we welcome you to the Tuesday, February 15th episode of Media Insultant. Well, Keith, good morning. Now that the Super Bowl is over, the agony of defeat, the joy of victory has settled in. The munchies have all been put away, but weren't consumed. The empties are in recycling. All the commercials have been watched <laughs> and dissected by all the other media. You wanted to respond to what I thought was a great article that was posted on Inside Radio. And uh, it was, what else could we have done with $6.5 million instead of buying a 30-second spot in the Super Bowl. What were your thoughts on this? Yeah. Well, you know, they do this every year, I think. This is like Groundhog Day. It's like the annual thing. Let's drag Pierre Bouvard out, and let's talk about how much uh, you, you could get for your money in radio particularly network radio, for six and a half million bucks. Oh, you could buy a, you could do a one month, 250 rating point buy and all this other thing. It was like, <laughs> okay. You know what? For six and a half million dollars on network radio, first of all, you could buy the radio network. Whatever network you're actually buying commercials on, you could probably buy it, including Westwood One for six and a half million bucks. Uh, you could certainly buy Sports Map Radio and a few of these other guys. But uh, in any case, they, they, they talk about, you know, well, and if you had a three-month buy, you'd get so many rating points and you'd reach 99% of all adults in America. And it's like, yeah, but they still sell out at, you know, at, uh, you know, top prices. And, you know, there's never, a, there's never a, an unsold Super Bowl spot. So people are still buying it. So it's, it's a silly argument, but it's a fun example for radio uh, to, 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 to show, you know, a few media buyers, boy, look how much you could get. And they go, yeah, we know, but the client wanted the Super Bowl. So, you know, thanks for coming. So, so, we, so we started brainstorming off air. You know, well, what could we well, get one thing. for six and a half million bucks? So, Jackson, what, 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 what would you go well, spend six and a half million on? we would offer a one-year sponsorship exclusive on Media Insultant for six and a half million. I think that's a good one. I'd do a live read Ooh, for that. Uh, no, I would. Yep. It'd, it'd, be produced. it'd be produced. It'd be produced. Oh. And then uh, let's see. We, we thought it'd be <laughs> fun to, um, you know, 250 hours of time on the Bombardier Global Express jet. You know, the it's, it's an upgrade from the media insultant Lear. You know, we could have to get a bigger, bigger jet, True. but, you know, we could carry more of our friends around as we flew all over the country. Yeah, I, I did the math, and I think you're underselling it a little bit. It's actually 260 hours a flight time on Global Express's uh, Bombardier. I thought it was Bombardier, but everywhere the jet. And I think I think that's a good look for us. I think I think a private jet, and we go around and do get this, Jackson. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. Live remotes. 
and we fly in on the uh, on on our company jet. I well, think that could be we'd bring cool. along free um, hot dogs and balloons for the kids. Uh, no question, and a couple of tickets to the you know the PRCA rodeo uh, and the you know the uh, PBR and their you know bull riders and uh, the upcoming uh, you know uh, concert you know with uh, Alan Jackson and free, you know, and, and free COVID tests. So, <laughs> oh, that's right. That's what we do now. We do we do free COVID testing at uh, at K and J remotes. Well, all right. This enough, enough of the falderall here, Keith. Uh, let's get to something serious. Um, it looks like uh, the Spanish broadcasting system has snagged both of those Cox stations that the FCC had ordered sold. Uh, one is WPYO in Atlanta, the other WSUN in Tampa. We had talked about this. The FCC basically ordered Cox to sell them. Cox didn't want to sell them. And uh, they, did, they said that it was because the market wasn't appropriate, the pricing wasn't appropriate. And the FCC said, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, tell somebody who gives a shit. Yeah, well, they wanted, a, they wanted the market to rebound post-COVID a little bit more so they could, you know, they could eke out a couple more million bucks. But they ended up selling them. Uh, the deadline was today. I mean, February 15th was the deadline. They ended up selling them last week or get the verbal deal with Raul Alarcon. At, at SBS, and uh, and they end up uh, selling them both, uh, both Tampa and Orlando, for what twelve and a half million, and uh, uh, I think you know the offer originally for Orlando was yes. like six, you know, and, and and they walked and they turned down SBS. Oh, we're insulted, you know, and uh, yeah, they turn around and sell it for that well, much they want, again. They, they claim they wanted you know, ten for Orlando, but and again, right, this is, and this they is didn't. All pricing negotiation, <laughs> you know, all they were trying to do is stall it. They keep operating it. They get the cash flow. And, and they had good precedent because iHeart, for how many years did iHeart have stations in trust? I, I, I think the Aloha Trust ran stations for at least 10 years. Oh, at least. I think, yeah. it, I think, I think it, is, it was longer. But I know they just sold the last one here just a couple of months ago. So Yeah, yeah. yeah so that could have been and, 15 and years. to their credit, didn't really want another direct competitor in the Spanish format. I don't blame them. And SBS does a good job. But my question is, for SBS now, they're a, a single-stick operator in two major markets with major competitive groups. And boy, I'll tell you, you know, yep. that's just tough. You just you don't have enough audience share regardless of how successful your format is. So it gets to be a real struggle. Well, it, it, it does. And, and uh, you know, um, I, I can't see them staffing up, you know, market manager, general sales manager, salespeople, traffic people, billing people, all that stuff. In, in Orlando and in Tampa, they could do an office that covers both because, you know, it's not that far up, you know, across Interstate 4 to get to Orlando from Tampa or vice versa. But it is kind of a pain. It still doesn't maybe make it worth the expense even when you're covering two stations. So, you know, I, I think they're going to run most of this out of out of Miami yeah, where they've got a cluster and they have offices. And uh, and isn't that their, like their headquarters? I think Miami is like their base. I know Raul probably is up in New York most of the time, but I think Miami yeah. is a big base for them. And so I think I think you'll see them pro- programming it out of Miami. They'll have some satellite salespeople up in, uh, in, in cover Tampa and Orlando, like a little interstate rep firm, and, uh, and, and, and try to get a lot of regional business on all of the stations across the state that they've got in Miami, now Orlando, and well, now the Tampa. Thing, the thing that I find, yeah, we'll you know, just kind of one of these what-if conundrums is what happens if they don't close? The FCC boxed them in, and to – to uh, Cox's credit, oh, yeah. Cox is pretty much forced to sell to whoever came along. And apparently SBS was the only one that came along with anywhere close to the amount of money they wanted. 
So they kind of get boxed in by the FCC, and then they go to close. Well, a lot of deals don't close. They get announced, and, and for whatever reason, they don't close, you know. And so Cox drags their feet, decides, oh, we just couldn't close it, couldn't come to terms, yada, 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 yada. What's the FCC say then? Well, okay, you got another 60 days to sell it to some other somebody else? I don't know. No. No, I, th- I think the FCC already said when uh, the, uh, the, the person who put this order down, and now she's left the FCC since then, because this was last year, late last year, but she said in this um, response to Cox's request for another year to try to sell this station is that, no, you'll sell these stations by the 15th of, of February, and you will do everything you can to expedite and facilitate the close of the deal. So no, no, no playing around, guys. We're going to get no this Tommy deal James, done. No Tommy James, no hanky panky, <laughs> no hanky panky, no hanky panky. Yeah, you know, and I and I do think that this could be the first of what we might see. And you know, this is where media consultants are so brilliant. <laughs> is that I don't think Raul Alarcon stops at at Orlando and Tampa. Okay. And and you and I have talked many times before about pricing of radio stations, and I just made a joke about it in our open about you know for six and a half million I could buy a radio network, or or we could buy a cluster of stations right. in Seattle. We could buy you know. So I think I think for very little money he can pick up a station in in Fort Myers. He can pick up a station in Sarasota. He could pick up a station in you know Pensacola or even up in West Palm. Yeah, he you know he could end up with three or four more of these guys all around the state and have a pretty good little state well, footprint. The interesting thing the is plan. though SBS's radio and TV, a vast majority of their revenue comes out of radio. TV is, is insignificant comparatively. And, you know, yeah. the thing that you and I talked about the other day, too, is, okay, so there's still a little bit of activity in some of these top markets. But I'm telling you, there are literally hundreds of small media market radio stations that are or will be for sale over the next couple of years as the owner operators who have typically been operating these stations as you know the general manager mm-hmm. and GSM are retiring and they all need to sell and they had all counted on this being their retirement package you know and the dis- discussion mm-hmm. I've had lately with a couple of brokers is to my point there's one broker who said look I've got six markets from Seattle down to Los Angeles that are available, small medium markets that are available along the West Coast that I can't get find buyers for. One one of those stations wow. is a wow. cluster that's been for sale for ten years. So <laughs> these guys all made a good living, right? They, they made a good living on running these stations for a long for a long time. time. Uh, and yeah, now there's no time. one to take them over, yeah. no one to purchase the stations and so I think at the end of the day the sad thing is is that some of these, maybe a lot of them are going to go back to the FCC, and uh, and they're not going to have local radio in some of those markets. Well, maybe, maybe Delilah will pick up another station. I did. Two, I know, did see a great comment from from a client that I had contacted about uh, one of those stations, and his comment was, "There are three groups in the market. There need to be two, and there really need to be one group, and that's to the over radio yeah, of most yeah. of these markets." All right, is is Odyssey yep. being bold? Odyssey, I said it right that time, didn't I? Okay. Yeah, Are they did. being yes, bold and innovative with the classic CBS news outlets? Keith, they are they're shaking it up. You know, it's no longer give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the world. Apparently, David Field, who is the CEO and president of Odyssey, is enamored with NPR. And he wants to move the CBS news stations, which have traditionally been kind of a top 40 format for news, 
into a more sophisticated, longer form programming. The soothing tones of your NTR host, you know, all things considered, uh, fresh air, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I read that, and I think it's it's a massive mistake. Um, But, you know, I think the first step he's doing is putting these stations, as many of these AM news powerhouse stations on FM, and that's good because that's where actually people who are alive and under 65 spend a lot of time. I didn't know, you know, you might not know that, Jackson, but FM is, oh, know, it is. is the new thing, oh, that... <laughs> particularly for, for news radio. But I think the mistake is, is that, you know, in, in all of these markets, there's, there's, there's stations, talk radio stations are already doing longer form segments about the news. Okay. In LA, you've got KNX. And KNX is, is, is the old CBS-owned, now Odyssey-owned news radio station. You know, it used to be it's at 1070 and 97.1, KNX News Radio. Okay, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get the frickin' news, okay? And you're going to get the news 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Then you go over to the competitor, KFI, and KFI is, uh, you know, they've got a big news organization, but it's a talk station. It's a news talk station. So they'll do five, seven-minute segments about the stories of the day, maybe an interview or whatever. So they're already doing, and Robin Bertolucci, who's the program director at KFI, who's probably the, the most brilliant program director in all of talk radio in the world, and Robin has figured the formula out. David's tired of his getting his ass kicked you know, by, by the Robin Bertolucci's of the world, so he's going to try to you know, you know, uh, join that fray and try to you know, beat him at their own game. And I think by, by moving those legendary CBS stations off their, their, their tried and true and dependable formats into this thing, when there's already competitors already doing it, I think it's going to be a real tough putt. And I, I think the, it's a the, the difference is, it's kind of interesting. The difference is pretty, pretty stark. You know, we have CBS News that typically has, has used that phrase, give us 22 minutes to give you the world. And the very, you know, the staccato delivery, the news wire clattering in the background and you know, real, real, yeah, real tight kind of a presentation. See, now that's what CBS is doing, but NPR, it's really interesting. David Field is just, you know, really envious and enamored with NPR. This is the network that had a new news open for their newscast at the top of the hour, right? And the newscast was the announcer right, came right. in and said, live from NPR. They practiced with everybody for weeks. And when they had a deadline for what day they were going to start it, they delayed it another week so that everybody could practice a little more to say, live yeah. from NPR. So, you know, it's just a yeah. totally different cultures. And I, I will say one thing for, for Odyssey, and that is, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You're either stuck in the past or you're yeah. trying to move forward. I'm not sure this is the right move forward, but I can see where he's just simply trying to do something that is moving odyssey forward and the cbs news stations because and i and i i disagree i think he should take a low performing music fm station and do his npr talk on it you know take a take a look you know take a dying fm and give it a try see how you do you know and he's got plenty he's got plenty of those you know it's interesting because you know some of our viewers are old enough to have actually managed news radio stations and some of them were at cbs and some of them were at westinghouse Okay, so you know in L.A. Uh, there was CBS that owned KNX and Westinghouse, I believe, owned KFWB, 
And it was Westinghouse that was going, give us 22 minutes, we'll give you the world. That was their positioning statement to go up against the big CBS guys. So I just want to make sure that, you know, that those those viewers and listeners know that we're mature well, enough to Well, but Westinghouse then was absorbed by CBS. Eventually, yes, eventually it was. You're right. And then they, they had yeah. they had both in-house. In fact, in L.A., they had both news news stations. They had KFWB and KNX. Right. And KNX. Right. Yeah, that was it was a Westinghouse ploy back in the day. Damn, Keith, we've blown through another show. <laughs> uh, it just, you know, it goes so quickly. But Media Insultant is a production of In-Town Media. We do new shows each Tuesday and Thursday on your favorite podcasting platform. And our video vlog is, I guess they're called vlogs, I don't know, is on Vimeo. Thursday, Keith, we get to talk about, yes, he's back. It's Ed Stoltz again. The drama that never ends. It just keeps giving. So till Thursday, buddy, you have a good week. I can't wait, Jackson. Have a good week. Take care, buddy. See ya.